feel like I have a very good grasp on what it is to be Brazilian and moving back has only made me so much happier and prouder of my country. Hey there, my name is Ken Grandpierre, and you're listening to the Passport Season of the New Exchange Podcast. I'm a photojournalist based in New York that's traveled the world working with your favorite artists. This season of the podcast was born from my love of traveling, which has allowed me to not only see different corners of the world, but has also let me constantly interact with people who have lived vastly different lives than me. Throughout this season of the pod, we'll be exploring six countries across six episodes. Each episode will be full of conversations with musicians, writers, and creatives who will be sharing why they call these places home. This is episode three, and today we're exploring an unbelievably beautiful place, Brazil. Brazil is the largest country of South America, and it's also the fifth largest country on Earth. It's a nation that achieved its independence in 1822, which has led to Brazil in becoming one of the most vibrant places on Earth. With numerous mountains, beaches, jungles, and a populace that's drastically diverse, there simply is no place like Brazil. I went for the first time last winter after spending years of dreaming of venturing there. The context for my visit is that I was in a dastardly place, a truly troubled and dark place in my life. And in all honesty, I was depressed in a way that petrifies me when I reflect on it. I'll be even more honest with you, I'm someone that deeply struggles to believe in fate. I very much struggle to believe in that adage that everything happens for a reason. But my trip to Brazil really, it really did feel like that. Going over there and witnessing the beauty of the country and the hospitality of the people, it's an experience that I'm gonna take with me for the rest of my life. And it's an experience that reminded me of what life can be. It's always been important for me to remember that the world is a big place. And as the years have gone on, it's become so massive for me to feel a sense of embrace by the world, as pretentious as that sounds. What unites all my guests for this episode is a very Brazilian quality that I experienced of having art as an explosion of affecting colors that feel welcoming. I knew even before going on that trip that I'd be making an episode about Brazil this year, but getting to go over there has only made this endeavor that much more personal. And yeah, getting to share these talks with you means so much to me. Before we get into our first talk, I need to remind you of one of the hallmarks of this season are the companion episodes that come out the following week. These companion pieces are essentially radio playlists that will feature music from the country of the latest episode. For example, the next radio broadcast will feature music of Brazilian artists that I know you're going to love. That broadcast will be dropping on July 19th, and you'll find it only on Spotify. My first chat is with my sister in life, Nicole Almeida. She's easily one of the brightest people I've ever met, a person who's taught me so much and has been so instrumental in the emotional growth that I've experienced in my life. Nicole is a multi-hyphenate, and she has no plans on stopping anytime soon. She's a writer, photographer, manager, a businesswoman in the making, and she's also the primary content creator and executive producer for Brazilian rock band Novella. We'll talk more about that later, though. First, you have to hear my chat with Nicole about her beautiful home country of Brazil. 
When I went last winter, I stayed with Nicole, and goddamn, it was just really something else. We hadn't seen each other since pre-pandemic, and I couldn't have asked for a better ambassador for Brazil. In many ways, Nicole serves as our guide for this episode, where together we chat about the unique qualities of Brazil and naturally the ways that the musicians of Brazil stand out on the world stage. You know this already, but most of what we're going to be chatting about today is Brazil. And I'm not qualified for that. I'm sorry. I think. I- <laughs> Well, I was going to say, considering how that kind of inadvertently makes you an ambassador for at least the next hour or so, how do you how do you feel knowing you're going to get to talk about your country like that? I feel very good because there's the essence of what you know and love about your country. That's just like habit. So I ate rice and beans. I watched novellas. I'm obsessed with coffee. Like those are like habits that you pick up on that have to do with your culture but there is something about being like very immersed in your culture that I felt like I wasn't as as I was growing up just because my influences were so international and everything that I learned in school was basically based on a, a British curriculum right so when I when I went to America and it's that classic old you only know what you got until it's gone you never know what you got until it's gone Um, When I went to America for college and I lived there for four and a half years, you, I had a big Brazilian community of friends in college. And I think that was the moment when I was like far away from home that I was able to outline and realize everything I love so much about my country that I wasn't able to, to verbalize or even realize when I lived here. And then I had to come back because of COVID. And I was very, very, very resistant to that. I thought my future was going to be like in America. Um, And after coming back and moving to Florianópolis and like finding my space and really throwing myself in the culture right now, because I live... I only speak in Portuguese to people. I made a very, very big effort to know like which artists are good today. And I only like emerging artists, right? I'm not necessarily a top hits most of the time kind of girl. So I went out and I researched the emerging musical artists and started listening to them. And through them, I got to know the work of other visual artists. And I feel like I have a very good grasp on what it is to be Brazilian and moving back has only made me so much happier and prouder of my country. And it's never been more latent and vibrant of a love as it is now. Oh, that's so well said. And, you know, when I was thinking about the countries I wanted to showcase uh, across this season, it did strike me in my mind considering people's, um, context for things where it's like you know i like when i went uh a couple months ago right i did have this keen awareness of like wow like like people in my life like friends and family members when i was like oh i'm going to brazil it was like they kind of reacted differently than when i was going anywhere else it's purely from the distance standpoint and i think it's like this acknowledgement of like it's um 
not that it's difficult to go there physically, but that it's more like a commitment to. So I bring that up to say that I I feel really glad we get to have this type of chat and also the artists I'm going to be talking to where it's like, there's going to be a lot of people who will be curious about Brazil who might never go, which is, it's kind of weird to even think about that. Yeah, and I think as much as America's branding and marketing manager has been great for America's image, <laughs> Brazil's marketing manager hasn't done a good job because everything, <laughs> everything I hear is like ass and beach and carnaval and I'm like, sure, we have that. And that's not 5% of what we are. And I just need people to know that we're not us and beach from hosting you and and seeing what happens here to me what you were so fascinated by in brazil wasn't the beauty of the people it was the warmth of the people which comes across as beautiful yes right yeah we're we're, get, we're gonna get through a lot and like naturally music's a big part of this like i don't think i've ever asked you this so succinctly but like when you're growing up as a kid in Brazil, right? Like, I know I'm I'm asking you specifically, but I also want you to think about your friends a little bit. Like, what's the role that music plays in a household? Like, and also the community that you're a part of when you're young. Like, what what is what's the function of music when you're growing up in Brazil? I think community building. Um, my household specifically. We listened to a lot of things, but my parents, we listened to Brazilian music and music from abroad. It wasn't a, you have to sit down and like listen to this artist because you have to know who this artist is. But um, we always had those classic artists that every time we play them in my house, like we know, oh, my dad loves this song. So we can put this playlist on because this is going to be like symbolic to us. So. My household is a place where there's always going to be noise. We're rarely ever silent. We talk a lot, but there's always music in the background. So that was an music was always there. It was a constant presence in my house, even if we, you couldn't notice it. Right. But I think for Brazilians in general, so many of our celebrations revolve around music. Right. So. There's like a classic joke. And I think I told you this when you were here, like New Year's Eve, there are, there are songs that are going to be played at every single New Year's Eve party, wherever you are in Brazil, like Ching Maya, his songs, at least three or four of his songs are going to be played on New Year's Eve. Um, during Christmas, there is a very um, classic special on TV that plays every year on the 25th by this artist called Roberto Carlos, who all grandmas love, including mine. And he is, he was part of like the Jovem Guarda, which was a, a young rock movement in like the 50s and 60s here, if I'm not mistaken. And now he's just, I mean, this guy has a wonderful, crazy story, but Every single Christmas, the classic thing is you're going to be having Roberto Carlos show playing on TV and he's singing the same songs that everybody knows how to sing. And 
every time that he's on TV on Christmas Eve, you know Brazilians are also watching that and you know that's something that regardless of your social status, regardless of where you're spending Christmas, if you put the TV on and you play Roberto Carlos on Christmas Eve, even if you're alone, you're going to be with lots of other people. Carnaval is also a huge celebration that revolves around music because without samba, you don't have Carnaval. And I'm not a particular fan of Carnaval just because too many people. But like you, when there is one samba that everybody loves and everybody knows, everybody's going to get up and sing. And like, there's a Bossa Nova song that goes, O Rio de Janeiro continua lindo, which is Rio remains beautiful, or Rio is still beautiful. I would like put money on the table that six out of 10 Brazilians that step in Rio for the first time either say this out loud within the first 30 minutes or think this. And they, and they think it or say it in the rhythm and the melody of the song. So I feel like even if we don't know, music is such an essential fabric of our culture that it kind of puts everyone on a level playing field in terms of it doesn't matter where or who you are. There are certain moments or images or dates or artists that everybody is going to celebrate at that same time. And that just brings people together. No, I mean, I think that's a beautiful assessment. I mean, this ca this came up when I was talking to Novella and uh, Bulgarians about like one of the special attributes about um, the different cities in Brazil, but I think it extends to the country as a whole. Can I give you a trivia fun fact? Okay, I like fun fact. The Brazilian passport is the most stolen passport in the world because Brazil. I didn't know that. Because Brazilians are so diverse that you can have like a ginger person and like <laughs> the darkest person. And then you can have like someone who looks Asian. You can have the whitest person in the world. Everybody can look Brazilian. That's why the Brazilian passport is the <laughs> in the world. I didn't know that. Yes, it's true. That's insane. We're fucked over in every single sense. <laughs> but we're still beautiful and laughing, which is the Part. I love when I'm doing a podcast and somebody says something that I know is absolutely going to make the edit. I love that. That's fucking hilarious. No, but it's true. And every time we travel, <laughs> every time we travel, it's like, be careful because they're going to want to steal your passports. If they're stealing passports, we are all in danger. Oh, my God. Uh, can I give you an opportunity real quick? Like a very good opportunity. I think you'll appreciate. Yeah. Would you like this opportunity uh to put in your job application for the Florinopolis uh tourism board because i think this is the opportunity that you have where uh you know you're currently living there and i got to experience the island a few months ago uh you could talk i would love to hear you talk about what you like about the place and we'll send this to the tourism board and then they could probably hire you they're not gonna like <laughs> just because oh shit okay here we go no, they're not going to like me because I'm way too funky, I think, for the government. The government here is still very conservative. But I'll tell you my story with Floripa because it's a very big love story. And funny you bring it up because, and it all ties back to music because, of course. But um, last week, 
last weekend was Floripa's 350th birthday. And he kind of stops for four days with free cultural events. But the headliner was Gilberto Gil, who is just one of the most historic figures in Brazilian history, right? And especially Brazilian music history. And he was playing a free show. That was the, the head, headlining event for, for the weekend. And I went to it. And during the week before, there had been debate in the local government here if they were going to give him like an honorary citizenship like an honorary Florianópolis citizen. But because the government in the city is so conservative, they vetoed that. Really? And they gave it to a conservative businessman, the one who is the owner of the White House-like Statue of Liberty. Oh, no. Yeah, horrible. Anyway, Gilberto Gil wasn't chosen. And the people were very, very mad. So it got to a point where there were thousands of people on the streets feeling safe and comfortable. Gilberto Gil was playing on stage. I had chills all over my body because it was supposed to rain and it wasn't raining and it felt like everything was aligning. And I could look over the, the bridge that's like the classic Floripa bridge. And I was like, this is crazy and so beautiful. And of course, only a city like Floripa could get a guy as special as this to play in our anniversary, even, even though the government here is so awful. And then he was talking to us, right? To the audience at some point. And everybody started screaming, you're the citizen of the people. Wow. Like, if we have to choose, you're, you're our person. So he was like, Gil, citizen of the people. And there were thousands of people screaming that. And to me, I was like, this is where I want to live. This is where I want to be. In a city where there are thousands of people on the streets in a free event telling this person who, not single-handedly, but very significantly shaped and continues to shape our history and culture and music. At 80 years old, my dad. At 80 years old, playing a one-hour-long show. Like... It was one of those moments where I was like, yep, yeah, right, please have to be here. Uh, that I'm very jealous that you saw him, by the way. Like, that's beautiful. And just that everything you said there is beautiful. And I mean, we talked about this when I was there. And obviously, like, you know, in a lot of ways, living there still is relatively new in contrast to the general thing of your life. But like, let's take a second and point out something that's significant. Like, like you said, your father's from there. So you do have like, uh, you know, like a like, a, yeah, yeah, you have like a, a cultural and you have DNA there, roots there that are bound there. I mean, how beautiful is it that objectively you got to re. You got to experience life being different in a positive way in a place that you do have this like innate connection to. I feel like that doesn't happen often in life, you know? Oh, yeah, I, you know, what's weird when I moved here, the first apartment I lived in was on the same block as the first apartment my dad ever lived in when he moved away from his parents' house. What the fuck? Yeah, crazy, right? What are the odds? I didn't know that. 
Crazy. Uh, when I last saw you, right? Like when we last hung out, I, I had in mind that I wanted to do this, if you can believe it, even then. And when I was thinking about what we would talk about, there was something that kept coming up in our conversations that I knew that I would need you to um, share because I thought I thought about myself sharing this, but to be honest, I can't do it justice. Uh, can you share with the world uh, the story of uh, Luisa Sonsa? Yeah. So she is a pop star, right? One of the biggest in Brazil right now. But she started becoming famous when she was around 18 and she was posting youtube acoustic covers very much like a taylor swift kind of thing and um then she got she started dating and got engaged to one of brazil's most famous comedians and so they became a power couple and she gained a lot of exposure for that and she was already making music and um anyway i bring up the wedding because the divorce is tragic um so Luisa was like charting into pop territory and then she was she did a duet with another singer called Vitão and he's a dude and they had a lot of chemistry the song was about sex and people are like oh they must be fucking but she was still married so like the world does they just pointed fingers at, at the lady without knowing anything even though she was still married well they got divorced a few months later and then everybody started blaming her for the divorce and an online lynching campaign started against her for a year and her ex said absolutely nothing for a year and she started getting death threats and I mean, her ex was very open about his struggle with depression and she was very open about her role as a partner of someone with depression. But every time she talked about that, she also highlighted the fact that she also had depression, but people didn't seem to give a shit when they told her to kill herself over an affair that didn't happen. But eventually, because things are the way they are, she started dating the guy who they accused her of having an affair with. And... She was prepping for release of her second album and he composed a lot of the songs with her and everything. And her ex got engaged and got another girl pregnant. I feel like I should be talking about Louisa, but I'm talking about gossip, but the tabloid fodder is so essential to why I love it. Well, it does feed in. I mean, you could start going into this now. It feeds into the work of her second album, which was really fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Her ex got it, was engaged to this other girl. She was pregnant. She had an emergency C-section, I think at like six months old and the baby didn't make it. And people thought it was the right time to start calling Louisa out and saying that she was responsible for the, the baby's death because she was a jealous ex-girlfriend who broke up with the guy because she didn't want to have kids and she wanted to focus on her career that started coincidentally around the time she was going to start promoting her second album so she shut off all social media and her album is called sweet 22 and it's about her 22nd year of life so she <laughs> waited until the night before her 23rd birthday to release it because she was like and then she wrote an open letter saying 
I don't feel like releasing this now, but I cannot release it after turning 23 because it's such an essential um, telling of my journey so far. And I have to finish this cycle by releasing this album. Um, and she always made a point of asking people to listen to the album and to listen to her story. And I guess because of all of the tabloids and the media and the fact that she had become a very infamous person, all attention was on her to understand how she was going to tell her story. And she did it masterfully, I think, for a pop star that was disregarded for the start of her career, whose success was attributed to her husband, to someone who was like, who suffered so many public online lynching, canceling campaigns, who had to go through all that being a public person, but also being a normal person who hurts, right? The fact she was able to turn that not only into a, an album that gives her her voice, but like showcases the range of her talent is being a pop star in Brazil where pop stars are only expected to sing funk songs and shake their ass. Not that she doesn't do that, but the fact that she's able to be as big as she is and still have the courage to show her range and tell her story, even if people might not like her for that. I thought that was it's very beautiful. And I think it's important to state as well, the way you've kind of outlined there at the end is that like the part of her doing it so masterfully, because, you know, I listened to the album too. And even though I don't understand a lot of uh, Portuguese, I think one of my favorite things about listening to music from different countries is like when you can tell the emotion is being conveyed in a very honest way. And also she's a very musical artist, which seems almost silly to point out, but like, you know, to to add in so much texture and dimension and, um, you know, to build a world in the context of pop music. Like, there's a world that exists where no one's asked to do that, to, to see her decide that she wants to show that she has such a wide range is really big. There's something about the way she released the album market-wise that might shift things in Brazil, because since the album was released during a time where she wasn't comfortable releasing the record, actually. Um, no, there, was, there were no single campaigns. So she wanted people to listen to her story. She put out her album and blocked out all the singles. So when the album came out, every single track that was eventually going to be a single wasn't available for listening. So you have to listen to her story before you could shake your ass to her music. She's able to prove to me what I know is like my most important belief, which is pop music is good music. And I am so sick of people thinking pop music is bad or anything that makes you have fun is less deserving of attention or less serious. Or like I'm, uh, it just doesn't make sense. And if you're looking to change the world, you're gonna have to do it through pop music. And when someone does that, someone telling their story through music and being able to be well received and vulnerable, if you do that through music, 
and you do that through pop, like you're changing things. You are. Because you're not only making hits, you're not only making honest music, you're making music that like gets into the fiber of people because pop music shakes people. That's why so many people love it and that's why so many people hate it. Well, I think something that people who hate it don't like to consider or they don't allow themselves to consider is like by the very nature of people responding to it shows that there's value. Like, yes. That says a lot. And it's very elitist, right? To write something off that is loved by many. And I kind of love seeing that. What makes me love music is music done with intent and people crafting worlds and narratives and images and expanding everything that we know and love about music and she does that so well and when i saw her live for the first time i was like i knew i was gonna like it i didn't know i was gonna like it that much how beautiful that you could say that honestly it's it's really it's really special and you know I, i really wanted to explore this further with you because i think it's something that is such a unique aspect of your story it's like this unique perspective that you have from having lived in the U.S. for a bit and seeing the world from um, that perspective, because that's what living in different areas and interacting with people in different places forces you to do. It makes you, it, ha- it inadvertently makes you see the world differently. Mm-hmm. I'd really love to know, because you've alluded to it, but I want you to kind of go into it a bit deeper. Like, what do you feel living away from Brazil taught you about not just Brazil, but Brazilian people? Because I imagine being away from it kind of illuminated some things to you, like you said, you weren't aware of, like when you were younger. We have the best sense of humor. <laughs> you have some wild sayings. Brazilians have some wild sayings. <laughs> I, I think, look, I say this with love, but Brazilian people are very used to being fucked over by life. Not in, I, I like genuinely our history, like it's not been easy, man. And... Uh, we go through hardships laughing and making jokes because that's all we know how to do, right? Because I do think there's some sort of energy that this country has that it's like, look, this place is so unique. Everything's going to be like the fact that you're here is already like, weight off your shoulders, right? My dad says this very intelligent thing about Brazil. He's like, Brazil is so perfect that you have the rainforest, you have the desert, you have beaches, you have the city, you have the mountains, occasionally you have snow, you have amazing hardworking people, and We're not in any tectonic plate lines or anything. So we have no risks of natural disaster. (laughs) Like, and that's where he says, like, this is a, like, blessed country, right? Everything aligns for it to go well. So I think there is some sort of mystical feeling you get when you're here, which is like, you're meant to be here. I, I rarely think people who are in Brazil, happen to be in Brazil, right? As you said, it's, it's far away. But everybody who I think is born here learns to love 
the country so, so much that even the people who nowadays are like right-wing conservatives and are like calling for a dictatorship, they're doing this out of what they think is love for the country. We do have to chat about Novella. Um, ah. Yeah. An, an amazing band you introduced me to while I was there and also a band you've been working with for a while now. And I was very blessed that I got to see them myself multiple times. Uh, how would you describe them to a person who's never seen them before? It's weird. Um, I feel like I know them so much. It's hard to be objective, but at the same time. Gotta love the tough question. I wrote their bio, right? And there was a saying at the end or like a, a line, two lines at the end that I think are very good indications of who they are. So when you see them live, you realize that the band has won while they're playing as a band, as a unit, while they exist. They have one single belief, which is one of their lyrics. Rock and roll will save my soul. You feel that so intensely in the way they play and the respect they have for music, right? That was an add-on that wasn't in the bike. When you're watching them, the one belief you have is rock and roll will never die. As long as people like them exist, making music like they're making, passionate and respectful about music, it won't die. And it can't. Because those are the people who, let's keep it alive. Because just in the time that I've been working with them and hanging out with them and listening to their conversations and seeing the lineups at the shows that they play, they're surrounded by people who have massive respect for music. And I think respect for your art is not something to be treated lightly. I do not think lots of people have that. And they do. They, they love it. They, they live for it, right? In, not in a, oh, they're insane, like rock stars, and they just like live for music, and that's all they do. No. But the passion and the respect is very real. And the dedication and the study and the desire to succeed and the potential to succeed. Everything there is very real. And when you, when you get to witness that, it feels very special. That was a long answer. No, but a good one. It's beautiful. I feel like it paints a picture. I mean, you did hit the... Uh, I'll say this, and this goes into like how you write and how you do journalism yourself. It's good that you know how to hit the, the, the answer for the question. Because I, I, I asked you about the context about seeing them live. So you did do that while also highlighting what makes them unique. So it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I am only working with them because I saw Yasmin live, right? So from the first contact I had, I was already audience and she was on stage. And I think there's something about her when she steps on stage Everybody looks at her and she is 100% in her element. And it's so powerful to witness. And it was my first show after the pandemic. But like that night reminded me so much of why I love music and why I love, 
why I love photographing and everything. You know, before we go, like one of the things I really wanted to talk about with them, I felt this when I was there, is that, you know, it's a big thing to state, but I think what makes them so special, and I feel like this is also what you see in them, is like I see a future, but a future that's different than I think people would expect from a band where they play guitar and that. Like, I, I feel like I'm seeing the future of Brazilian music in a way. And it's stunning because it's like, it's a future that could go in so many different areas. They're not necessarily rigid. And, you know, we we're talking about Luisa before, and there's also Anita as well. And there's so many Brazilian artists that show how multifaceted of a culture that persists in the country. And I feel like novella are part of that. And I think why they're like that, and I'd love to know if you feel this way, is it's interesting how they're good at embodying, not rejecting the past, but almost embracing it in a way. Is that something you feel like you see? Yeah, I I kind of feel like you're not in this era when you're listening to them. Like, it feels that you're very much transported back to the places where they get their influences. And I mean, touring with them, being on the road, listening to lots of the albums that they like, um, there's a massive jazz influence in everything they do. And they used to have a sax right on, in the band. So that was stark in the past. But like, they love jazz. They love rock music. Like, it's a challenge for them to listen to music that's like from the 90s and after sometimes just because they feel more comfortable listening to Pink Floyd and it's amazing because I am so in tune with current and not not that they aren't they go to shows they go to festivals all the time they know everybody that's popping up they're very like understanding of the market right but this, yeah, but also just to state, this is what's like the paradox with them, which I think is so unique, is that the music can transport you to the vibe of like the 70s or the 60s, but it doesn't feel like it's trying to harp on that. It doesn't feel like it's trying to be reductive in that way. No, I do. I do feel like they are very, their mission statement is like bringing rock to today. And I think they do it in a very classy way they're very good at um balancing the soul blues rock then the like rawness and sexy power that is rock and roll with the suave of blues and soul that are so much in their influences and i think yasmin as a front woman singer is very good at taking you on a journey throughout the evening which kind of leads you almost more into a trance right because you kind of want to be transfixed by her when you're watching i couldn't get my eyes off her it is something to be said about like showing people now and in like you know the years to come that that vibe could still exist and like i feel like it works in concert with everything in the country like of other artists like it's just that's it kind of goes into like how we were saying earlier that it's just like one of the best the best thing about Brazil it being not homogenous and with people getting their passports stolen, which I now know. 
Is that the... uh, yes, they and look when you think about music being made on a beach-filled island, you definitely do not think rock and roll, right? You'd think not exactly. Think like the Beach Boys. Think your songwriter, like Beachy. Well, Jack, Jack Johnson. Jack. Oh, hey, Jinx. You owe me a soda. Isn't that what people say? I don't know. In Brazil, when you say Jinx, you're supposed to shut up until the person then jinxes. Oh, really? Yeah, but you broke it, so you don't even believe in that. That's kind of yeah. Well, I'm on your podcast. I'm supposed to shut. Up. <laughs> then you don't have an episode. I'm, I mean, I know I talk <laughs> so much material, but please. <laughs> um. Yeah. You're from a very special place, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, it's been look. I never believe things are by accident, right? I don't believe in God, but I like to believe that we need to learn from everything that happens in our life. And so I like to believe that nothing is for granted as long as we don't take it for granted, right? I genuinely did not think I was going to survive moving back here. That was the depression's fault, but like I genuinely did not think I was going to survive moving back here. And it's been so wonderful to fall back in love with my country and to reconnect with my roots and to understand a lot more of who I am and where I came from. I think something about being Brazilian is you're very innately passionate about your country. I'm biased as hell, but Nicole's just the best, man. Again, it means so much getting to have her on this episode, and that feeling also extends to the next guest you're about to hear. We just mentioned them a bit in the previous talk, but yeah, say hello to Novella. They're a rock band from Floripa, an island off the southeast coast of Brazil. Novella are a group that embody so much of what Floripa is about. Good vibes, colorful creativity, and a dire need to express oneself. These are all things I witnessed while I was there, and it's crazy, man. I actually saw these guys perform within my first 24 hours of being in the country. I had the travel day from multiple hells. I was beyond jet-lagged and far from being my best self. But my sister knew that the thing I needed was a good rock show, and boy was she fucking right. The second they took to that stage, it was impossible to take your eyes off them. They were without a doubt the coolest fuckers in the room, and they knew it. And something that has really stuck with me is that even without an album, they played for like an hour-long set full of these heavy riffs, bluesy numbers, proper belters of songs that had the crowd practically begging for more. And I remember just being stood in that room and thinking to myself, who the fuck are these guys? Well, this interview you're about to hear is pretty much about exploring just that. I'm joined by frontwoman Yasmin and guitarist Gabby, and together we explore the past, present, and future of one of Brazil's most exciting bands. Oh, and before we jump into it, you definitely need to go save Novella's latest EP, Love Circus. You can find it on all streaming platforms, and trust me, you need that in your life. But for now, here's my chat with Yasmin and Gabby of Novella. I, I think it's always important at times to go to the start. So, like, what can you tell me about the first time you met? Like, do you remember what that was like? 
Oh, we are friends for like eight years already. We met on the internet and then we went out and then we saw that we had a lot of in, in common, you know, like music and stuff. But the funny thing about it is that we were friends like for all this time. And then I went living in Israel in 2016. And when I came back, he had this band, another band before our, and then they split it. And then once he said to me, oh, come over. I want to talk to you about something. And I got over and I said, because I knew that he had this project with his music he, he had. And when I came over, I just said, so are you like inviting me to your new band? And he was like, she, oh, she knew already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's Gabby there. That Talk about uh, being a prophet, knowing that would work. That's really amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, I had some songs that I wrote to the other band, but they we split it, so I really needed to put it out there, you know? And I thought about it like, oh, maybe I can play and sing, right? <laughs> and um, got found a drummer, found a... Um, a base, a bassist, and then I start thinking like, oh, okay, uh, either I had to shred the guitar and be like, uh, and sing okay, or like sing too good and just like keep on with the guitar, you know. Then I, I was looking for and trying to think about someone, and it was right under my nose all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ask you, of course, stuff about the band, but. I'm going to also ask you a lot about Brazil because the talk where this is going to be part of is about your beautiful country. And there's, it's interesting. It's like there's things I know, but there's also so much that I don't know. It's funny because I think, I think we are the last generation that actually are growing up without all this technology on your face. You know, like we grew up with the technology being developed. And now it's like very much so I think that like myself as a kid from the 90s, I I had a lot of like with my mom moments that she sang to me, you know, but like it, it's, it's a really rich, rich country uh, uh, talking about music, you know, because we do uh, hear a lot of things that are from other countries like pop music, international music that is famous all, all around the world. But I know that we are really proud of the music that we do here. And it's really different. It's really um, rich talking about the lyrics and talking about the, the construction of the music. It's really different. And even though like my, our parents like international music, we always had our Brazilian music here and this influence, you know, it's really important. I love hearing all that because, you know, honestly, like with what you said at the end there, I feel like, I mean, well, Brazil is a very rich country creatively. And I think what makes it so special and like, I feel very lucky I got to see this while I was there is that I feel like um, so many artists over there understand right at the start that you have to tell your own story and you have to try to be yourselves regardless of if you're doing it at a bar or a theater or an arena and like in every different genre. And I think what makes that so unique is I think so many other places in the world, there's probably a lot of people who 
for better or for worse, try to be other things before they try to be themselves. And I feel like Brazilians have this very unique quality to only be themselves under any circumstance. And it's really beautiful to see that. Yeah, it is. Uh, I guess we, we got a lot of mixed coach, yeah. culture, you know, and that makes you look for your own thing, your own style. And that what makes very rich because because all of these mixtures, you know, like you get a lot of uh, influences and then you find yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd, I'd love to explore that with you some more because like something I've noticed over the years of talking to bands is that in the context of life, like finding a shared passion towards anything is difficult. And I imagine in Brazil, it could also be hard because part of what we're talking about is how people could be interested in so many things. So there's so many different kinds of art and music to be appreciated. So when the band formed, what were some of the artists that you shared a passion for, like both Brazilian or artists from abroad, like artists that you would talk about and be like, oh, wow, we love this together. Like, uh, Well, uh, since uh, the first day we met, we found uh, uh, very things that we we share that we like, and especially in music, actually. And she got a, a bigger range of of styles and gen generous, you know. I I'm more like um, I feel that I got a lot of uh, influence from my parents, but also since I'm a little kid, I surf and skate. So a lot of the the songs and the the music, the kind of music that I that I like, they have this this affective uh, feeling with the things that. I related to surf and skate when I watched the move of surfing. It was always playing rock and roll, skate too. So we both were talking about the same music, same artists. And when we introduce a new artist, it will be like a, a whole new world to, to discover. So I think that was a, a really big bomb, right? The rock and roll. Yeah, besides of, of like he said, like he said that I had this, how did you say that? I had bigger range. Big arrangement of kind of music that I heard that I actually, yes, because as my parents too always showed me, mostly my dad and also my mom, but all this uh, like range of, of kind of music. But mostly what I loved in my whole life was the rock and roll. So that's what we had like in common, you know, most of. And actually, even though I we loved rock and roll, there are kinds of rock and roll that he didn't like that I love, you know. So it's funny, like for jam and stuff, he doesn't like, but I loved, even though we had this rock and roll thing. That's unbelievable. You know, I met you last winter. Well, winter for here in the States, and it was summer for you lot in your lovely city of Floripa. And um, you know what? Like, I'm sure when like at some point i'll describe it within the context of this episode but i'd love to hear you describe that place to the people listening because i'm sure a lot of people who are listening might not have never heard of it or like you know it'll be a new like kind of place to hear about but talk about a really special place you guys are at i have to say okay first of all we live in an island <laughs> so we are separated from the 
how do you say? Continent. From the continent, you can come by only by plane or if you go through the bridge. So we are rounded by beautiful beaches and a lot of green and mountains. And we have all this mixture of like, you know, the Atlantic forest, the rainforest, you, you call it. and um, and the beaches and the big city also so not that big not that big but you you can find some concrete on here it's not like you go <laughs> in the middle of the jungle you know because so, there is there is sure um, a magic over here i honestly felt it and it, it's kind of funny because i mean i'm not uh I, I i'm open-minded but i'm not generally quite spiritual when it comes to things so like when it's something like this it's i always find myself surprised like when i could be in a place and i could feel the energy kind of uh shifting me i can catch myself being like oh that's happening and like yeah that island is really something else it really does like i'm not i hope this doesn't sound insulting but i remember when i was there feeling like oh i feel separate from the world in a way like do you know what i mean by that like there's like it feels like there's so much nonsense and noise happening in the world and that's a place that's kind of like protected in a way. yeah and this could can be good but it also can be bad because sometimes you I, like you feel like you're in a bubble you know because it's so you're like sometimes i feel a little bit overwhelmed by being here because it's beautiful and it's amazing but for me like living here sometimes it's like always the same people, the same things, the same everything, you know. But every time that I go away, like for traveling or anything, like the best part of going away is coming back. Because then I feel, no, this is the best place ever. Even though sometimes I feel like, oh my God, I, I need to get out of here. It's always good like to know that I will live here my whole life, like forever, you know. Yeah. So that's so beautifully said. I sometimes find myself feeling that about New York in terms of like when I leave somewhere and want to come back. It's it's really interesting. And, you know, I have to bring this up in regards to your band specifically. Like, you know, the first thing I could tell when it came to like watching you perform and taking in the music was how much you love to play. And specifically, not just like playing on stage, but that um, energy exchange amongst the people and being amongst the people like i'm thinking about that show you guys did at the skate shop and like you had people at your faces like right here and can you talk to me about the importance of that for you like being that close to people because i could tell it means something i don't i like for me it doesn't make sense at all if it's not for these moments you know like it's very good to you know, be at home to play or to have a rehearsal or to just like making music or like creating stuff. But when you get to play to people to hear you, it's not like it's not even like to play it for them. It's like for everybody, like for us and for them, it's like this exchange of energy that it it causes something that it happens only when we are on stage, you know, to hear the people like making noises and applauding and like singing sometimes when the, the people know the, the songs. It's something that 
like I don't know why I'm trying to explain it, but I I feel that I I'm trying to explain and, and I can't even get close to what I want to to say from how I feel there, you know. I don't know, it, it just it's crazy. It's amazing. It sounds like a need. Like the way you're describing it, it sounds like that the context of having an audience there to give that energy is something you feel like you need. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, it's something that I discovered that I need, you know? Like, it happens that every time that we're playing in a different place, like a place that I never played, that we never played before or something like this, and I need to, like, feel the public or the where we are playing, and it happened to me that I got frustrated because I didn't feel like this happening, but still I knew that someone felt something and I did feel something also in some time, you know, like it's not, I, I couldn't say it's a need, but it's something that I really love to like to do. I don't need to do it, but I love to do it. You know, I think that's very special. Um, you know, I want to risk talking about something very annoying, but we don't have to like stay at it. It's just something that I would like to explore because I think you'll have something interesting to say about it because, you know, music, especially rock music, is innately rebellious. I think that's like one of the strongest things about it. And I think it's especially that in the face of terrible politics and people who try to misguide other people. and. You know, if you'd be willing to go there with me, I'd really appreciate it because I'm so curious about how did it feel to be a band making noise during a time where someone like Bolsonaro was in office? Like, because I imagine in a way when, you know, like the energy we're talking about, people coming to your shows, I imagine there's almost like this pent up frustration coming out of joy and it, it can't help but come from that a little bit, you know? Well, I guess um, in these moments when we had the show, it was almost like a escape, you know. You know, you you would be in a in a special place, special special people, and doing uh, trying to to communicate communicate and have this ex special exchange. It was powerful for us actually. We 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 felt that it was something that we were doing and just by doing just like you said uh, rock and roll by itself it's a it's an expression it's a way of uh, rebellion. rebellion so I, I feel like you both like having gotten to know you a little bit I think you both would agree with this but it's like the music very much sounds like you thought about how a human being would take it in do you know what I mean I think sometimes people put music out thinking about uh can this work in a shop or can it work on a streaming service like little stuff like that and i feel like with your music it's like no how's a person going to take this in and it's like coming from where you are like with what the country's dealt with in like the last couple of years i think that that's so powerful i agree that is a powerful yeah thing. it's very nice to hear that when you say that our songs felt like they were made for people because for me, and I'm sure that maybe for you too, it doesn't make sense 
like what we do we are not thinking about like streaming or shops we are thinking about enter in the hearts in the ears and the minds with our expression with our feelings because i'm pretty sure that someone will feel something about what we are we want to say you know and for me it doesn't make sense to make art to make music if it's not thinking about a human being or a person or like a community or you know life itself so that's very nice to hear i feel happy i got to say it honestly and uh you know even I, I it's important for me i want to say something it's important for me to say like even with talking about someone like a bolsonaro and his government and all that stuff i feel it's so important to point out that people like that cannot diminish the beauty of a place like brazil and i saw that while i was there and it really meant a lot to me that you know these towns and these cities and these countries in the world they're always more than their politicians like it's it's so important to point that out like even though people vote i'm doing air quotes vote for these people it's like there's more to anywhere than the politics and you know with that said can you share something with me like what's something about your country of brazil that you love and you feel is unique like something that maybe most people don't appreciate enough that's personal to you uh actually i just um i'm thinking of a obvious uh response obvious answer answer because we kind of uh we say it here like the um, the good thing about brazil is the brazilians <laughs> yeah. it's uh yeah it's all all these things the the thing that yes it is it is hard for us because it's a huge country but it's also what makes us so special because it's like uh, and if we're talking about music it's even it's even clear to see we got all kinds of music and in all these kinds of music there is great great songs great art, artists doing uh, beautiful things meaningful meaningful things from south to north, from east to west. And I think that's that's special. We got a sense of uh, community and hope, I guess. Yeah. What I wanted to say about what I like about it, to be this so, so big country and to have really, to be in this third world you know and even though there are so much suffering and and at the same time like we are here and we're having this chat and you know and in the other side of the country there is like people suffering though and stuff but the thing about that i feel about the brazilians is even though we had this hard time we are a, we are very very like positive. positive people and happy like even though we are in like suffering and you know we are we, we are going to party at the carnival you know we are going to yeah. like be united and happy and like 
forget about everything. And you know, I I found I feel that like I I've been outside of Brazil sometimes. I lived out in Israel for a long time. And I can say that for sure, a thing about this the Brazilian people is this positive positive and happiness, even though like we always can see the light in the end of the tunnel, you know, we're optimistic. Like we believe that it always will be better. I loved all that. I loved all that. And you know, it's kind of crazy. You've been a band for a short while now. And I have to say what impressed me a lot when I saw how you were playing is the fact that you were able to play full sets of songs. Like you'd play for like over an hour, which, you know, it's impressive. Like, because I, I see it all the time, honestly, like when a band doesn't have an out, al- like a full album out yet, and they can only really play for like 20, 30 minutes at best. But you guys could play like a full fucking concert. And I wonder, like, when you consider the songs you are able to play live now, like, what do you feel is the one you're proud of the most as a band? Like a, a song that you play and you feel screams novella. Mm, I guess there's a new song now that we're playing. It's um, it's called Asos Comigo. It's mm-hmm. like a, Alone by Myself. It's like a little word playing there, but Asos Comigo. And it's, a, it's all the lyrics. It's all in Portuguese. And I don't know. I think it's a song that uh, captured a lot our our new identity as a band. Now that we are, it's just our uh, the four of us without the saxophone. And I don't know. It's the the song that I I like to play it most right now. And I guess that it, that's it really captured our. The novella really captured the dance. It's funny because I thought you were about to say other song. I know which. Yes, many agree. Oh. No, it's it's like it's different. What it's I, for me, it's different. Like what you ask, like what screams most novella now, and what is my favorite song like to perform? You know, because. I think that for me, what screams our identity, it's the song that is, we are also recorded now, that it's our time. But maybe now that you said, like, maybe I'm thinking about this more because of the, like, it's you know, like... Really explosive. Explosive and the idea of rock and roll as a yeah, salvation yeah. and... Maybe, but also for me, my favorite song to perform today, it's Asos Comigo, the the same that he said. So, yeah, you know, you know, before we go, right? And thank you again for this. This It's very beautiful. I'm so glad we got to do this. You know, before we go, I got to meet you because of um, your photographer and like guru, Nicole. She's very much a sister to me. And, um, Yeah, uh, is there anything you'd like the world to know about Nicole? Because she is quite an incredible person. Yes, so first of all, Nicole, I don't know, she like just came from, she. Uh, we say here that she like fell off the sky, you know, for us. Because to do what she does, it's something that you need to be born with. 
you know, to to have this this vision that she has, that she can capture our energy, that you can take your small phone and look and to be like shocked. It's something that I don't know. It's not anyone who can do it. And not only this, she's a person that she's not only about taking photos. She wants the most beautiful thing about Nicole that from since the beginning that I like felt about her, she she don't want only to take nice photos photos of us. She wants us to get somewhere. You know, she believes in what we do, what we do, and we believe in what she does. You know. And it's funny because yesterday we had a we had a meeting. meeting with her because we asked her if she wanted to be our uh, executive producer <laughs> because she's so smart. She's a doer. She's a, yeah, doer. She's she's a businesswoman, you know. When right. sometimes for us artists, although she's an artist too, but. I, I felt that maybe maybe it was the right thing in the right time to know if she was interested about to do it because our work together is I feel like as I said she's like she's she's something special and I think she cares more than only taking photos she wants to get somewhere with us. And she wants us to get somewhere and she wants to get also together with us, you know, and we want her together also. <laughs> yeah. You know what I think is really um beautiful about what you said. It's kind of what I saw when I uh when she introduced me to you guys, I started seeing her photos. Is that like there's multiple things going on. I feel like she's been giving your band like um a visual language where it's like someone could get a sense of what the music is like by looking at one of her photos. And it's like, it's a very difficult thing to do. It goes beyond taking a nice photo. And then also because of how passionate she is. I've been telling her this for years is that like, she's such a passionate person that I, I always tell her it's like, most people are jealous because they wish they could be that passionate about anything in life, really, in a way. So that's really lovely about because I have to say congratulations to her about executive producer because essentially it means it's like you want her to have an opinion of like what you do which is like the respect in that is very big and we are very happy that through her we met you because it's very nice for us to be here and to having this chatting and it's very nice of you and your work is so so nice and we thank you for having us Big ups to Yasmin and Gabby of Novella. I really do feel so blessed in getting to know them and their music. Our next guest is an artist that's new to me, but she's also someone I've grown a deep sense of respect towards. Nono is an emerging pop artist from Rio who's currently based in London. She's been making waves with her music by proudly waving the Brazilian flag across her art, all while staying true to her individualism as an artist. Nono is an artist that embodies so many of the best qualities of Brazilians, a major one being this intense desire to have a good time with your arms outstretched. That's exactly how her music feels like to me, like running into the rays of the sun while you have a ridiculous smile on your face. 
I don't normally like to note numbers, but I'm a bigger fan of giving people their flowers. Hence me noting that No No's collaboration with DJ Alloc, the song Sky High, has amassed over 14 million streams. They also have a dope radio show celebrating Brazilian music called Controversia, which I highly recommend that you check out. When I was listening to her music, it was clear to me how much her culture meant to her. And across our chat, that became more clear when we touched upon the complicated feelings that come from being away from home. This is my chat with Nono. You know, one of the things that leapt out to me when I was reading up on you was that um, I read about how even with a lot of success and attention, you said to Haste Magazine how at the end of the day, your family keeps you humble, which is a simple way to put it, but I also think it speaks to how beautifully unique Brazilian people are. I was wondering we could start there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my family is, is so funny because I'm very close to all of them, you know, uh, and they're very much like, it doesn't matter what I do. They're always going to be like, you know, you're still the youngest, like, calm down, you know, and they're, they're always very supportive, of course, of everything that I do. And they're very like, whenever I have a, a new release, you know, I released APM in the video today and they're already like, share it to everyone and like sending to all the aunties and uncles and like grandfathers and then everyone. It's just like, they're always there, but they always know when I'm, I'm getting too much of myself, like I'm getting too full of myself and they're like, listen, we're here to humble you. That's amazing. And when you reflect on growing up, do you find yourself, because it's kind of interesting being in this position where like you're in London now and you have like some distance, do you find yourself having like this newfound awareness to how unique your family is of like, uh, in a way of like how unique Brazilians are in terms of growing up? And I bring this up because I grew up a bit in London myself. I'm in New York. Oh. Yeah. And I feel like something that's really beautiful about Brazil that I knew before I went, but like I saw it there in person is just like, People in Brazil are so beautifully expressive in like every little way you could think about. No, you you're totally right. And because like for me, it was such a crazy uh, difference that I went through because I went from Brazil to London when I was eighteen, and like the only out outsider experience that I had previous to that was Orlando. You know what I mean? And Disney, nothing is real because everything is just so beautiful. Everyone's just happy to be there and you're in theme parks and stuff. And when I came to London, I was like, the culture here and the way that people treat each other, like very respectfully, obviously, but it's a bit of a colder treatment. Whereas in Brazil, everyone's just more like friendly and welcoming. And, and especially like uh, in my family, everyone has always been very like, oh, let me help you with everything that you need, you know? And it's very much of the culture. And I even remember, like, there was this one time I joined the choir here in London because I didn't know anyone that was my age. And, and I just needed to make friends and I needed to, to you know, just create this experience of finding a way to make more music and finding people that was working in music. And uh, I joined this choir and it was like loads of British people. And there was this one time that I was laughing like a lot of what people were saying and stuff and I was just like you know I'm so happy to be there like a little puppy and one of the guys just turned to me and said you laugh a lot like why and I was just like <laughs> for a moment like okay god damn fine yeah from that moment on I was like oh I get it okay <laughs> yeah I forget who said it like um I mean, this is like a little divergence. I forget who said it, but I remember years ago, I heard someone say that 
if you were able to like make happiness tangible and put it in like a British person's hand, they might have a stroke because they wouldn't. Know what to do with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, guys, come on. Have you tried like being happy for once? I read how you grew up in a small town in Brazil, uh, but what's the town called and how would you describe it to someone who's never been there? Um, actually, I didn't grow up in a small town. I grew up in Rio. Oh, um, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I grew up in Rio until I was 10. And then when I was 11, my family, my whole family moved to Sao Paulo. So oh, I lived wow. in Sao Paulo as well until I was 18. And then that's when I moved to London. You know, I've, so we haven't had a chance to do this yet with some of the other Brazilian artists I've been talking to. But tell me this, like, what would you say, as someone who's lived in both, what are the two big differences between, like, Rio and Sao Paulo? I guess, like, mainly, of course, the beach. You know, the fact that uh, Cariocas, which is the people that are from Rio, um, the fact that we can just have that beautiful city and just, you know, go to the beach on week weekdays and weekends, like th just that possibility of living in this town that is so, 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 so gorgeous. It just, I think it makes everyone a little bit more lighter in the way that we see life. Whereas when I moved to Sao Paulo, it took me a bit of a while to see the beauty of the city in itself, because it's very much like a city city, you know, it's uh, loads of buildings and everything is happening really fast. And everyone's just like, we got to get all of this done. And there's this immediacy that in Rio doesn't really come through. So I guess it's just like different types of beauties, but it would be more of like a relaxed versus more of a intense, I'd say. Yeah, I guess like big cities. Because I know, if I'm thinking this right, Sao Paulo's a little bit more metropolitan than Rio, right? In terms of, like, the infrastructure and such. And, like, I was still very young, you know, I was still 10 years old. But my routine was to, like, go to the beach every weekend and, like, be with, you know, with my mom and stuff. We'd always go to the beach. And then in Sao Paulo, it was such, it's such a big city. And, like, back then when, you know, you you didn't really have, like, um, apps of navigation or like GPS properly. So like it would be so daunting to go anywhere because you can get lost so easily and just go like, I don't know, just get, find yourself in a completely different side of town and just be like scared of that you messed up. So really in Sao Paulo, it was just more of like a more low key, whereas like my mom grew up in Rio and she knew everything. Yeah, I guess it was just more of becoming more reclusive i don't know if that's the right word but yeah yeah and it's important for that age because like essentially what you're describing is like having your horizons broadened in, in terms of your everyday like i think it's so invaluable yeah um do you remember what it was like the first time you performed in a city like sao paulo because i imagine like that's when you started performing right prior to coming to london yes it was actually i was um 11 to 12 years old and um, I had my grandma put me into singing lessons because I used to sing so loudly in the shower that the neighbors would come and like knock on the door and say that I, I sang well and that if I was doing any shows or like if I was doing any lessons and where. And um, my grandma was like, well, she needs to be put into lessons. So I ended up taking a few singing lessons in this place that was right next to my my house. And they put on this like end of year performance and I was singing there for the first time. And I was just like, I remember that I was so, so nervous. And there's still YouTube videos of it. You can find it. It's secret. It's secret. It's still in the YouTube world. 
where you can find a 11, 12 year old no no singing Hannah Montana. I, I wonder, like, what are some things you miss the most about Brazil when you're away? Besides the family, I guess I really miss the food and the weather. Like, the weather here in the UK, it, it's really sad for most of the year. But then when we have summer, it's amazing. It's like, it's the happiest place. It's great. And everyone's just like excited to be out and going to the parks and stuff. But when it's from like January until kind of like now or like even December, except that December is pretty because it's like Christmassy and vibes. But um, yeah, I guess the weather really impacts my mood. And I'm only now starting to notice how much it impacts me. Yeah, because, you know, it's so weird how, like, that's such an understandable thing that the weather would do that. But when you're, at least here in the States, and I know in the UK, being a kid there is like, no one really talks about that. Yeah. And then you're a grown up and you're like, why did nobody tell me about this thing? Literally, it's crazy. And it's like, it's so funny because you spend, like, weeks feeling very gloomy and very down. And then suddenly the sun is out and you're like... Why was I sad before? I don't, I don't know reason why life is great. Do you see the blue sky? It's crazy. And every year we forget the impact that it does. It's like, oh, life, yeah. It really is the craziest things. You know, one of the most striking things to me about Brazil is how colorful it is. Like, not just in regards to the people, but just like how people will dress and how people will like, you know, like draw or paint and just like, you know, in terms of like your visual like every day when you roam around there. And I feel like that extends even to how clubs and dance halls are. Um, can you talk to me a bit about the role dancing and Brazilian clubs played in your life? Because I imagine like going back and forth, seeing how music could work in a room like that was important for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, exactly what you said about the colorfulness and the, the vibrant feeling of it. You know, it translates in, in the music, it translates in what we wear, it translates in, in the city. And for me, just that having that contrast of coming from somewhere that is so vibrant and lively and then landing in London that, again, the weather and stuff and people dress more more soberly here, if, if that's the right use of the word. And it was all always very monochromatic and a bit more like um, toned down. And I just felt like I needed to bring some of that whole energy and that whole background of, of you know, we have Carnaval and that is just like an explosion of colors. And that is just like a whole different vibe and something that I really miss. And just growing up with that, growing up with that explosion of vibrancy and colorfulness, just really, I don't know, it just really made me want to bring that into the world like outside of brazil you know share this beautiful culture that i believe we have to the world yeah like uh in the context of your music how often when you're working on a song do you find yourself thinking i want this to make people move like is that something that's almost like an, a general idea you tend to have absolutely because i want to move as well you know i want i want to get excited about it and and even like slower songs you know as long as they we got that certain a little bit more, although I really like to have, you know, at least one, two, four BPM going hard hitting and songs and having a bit of electronic in it. You know, I, for me, it's very important that I feel like on stage, I'm really like jumping up and down and I want to go everywhere. I want to, I want people to feel that way as well. I just want it to be an experience of everybody just releasing. 
Yeah. So that's amazing. You, you know, she hasn't come up in this episode yet, the episode you're going to be a part of, but I'd love to chat with you about another artist for a second. Um, Anita, a legend, an artist that's really changed the game. Would it be fair to say you're a bit of a fan of hers? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Anita is incredible. And she's been doing it for such a long time. And it's like, it's very inspiring when someone that has already made it, like she's, she's already solid a legend already in brazil consolidated that's the right word in brazil and now she's doing it again in the us and that is like hats off to her because that is really hard you know she's not settling for anything she's really going afterward after it and to me that's very inspiring you know and to see her taking brazil outside of just brazil yeah like i'm somewhat familiar with her story but i'm curious if you could share a bit more because i think if i'm remembering right it's like, even though she was signed to a major for a very long time, it was a thing of like um, having a lot of doors closed in her face and her kind of having a DIY approach, but like to pop music, which I think to some people might sound obvious, but there's almost like a punk rock spirit to approach pop music in that way. Yeah, I mean, because she started out in Brazil and she was doing a style of music that was funk, so by the funk which is a style that gets kind of shut away from radio because it can be very explicit. And she was driving to, to get funky and also make a, a pop version of funky, like with funk elements into it. She was trying to get that cutting across in radio stations. And I believe she, she was getting rejected because um, sometimes the industry in Brazil can be quite close-minded with what is new and like what can be a new style so I think maybe her her issues came from that you know but she was able to break through and I feel like that's so I always think stories like that are so important because it shows other people what's possible like you can have an idea but to see someone actually do it it makes it like tangible yeah very true I think it's so sick how you're still involved with the music of Brazil a part of the world that is so rich with musical talent. You've collabed with fellow Brazilian artist uh, DJ Alok, and um, you also host a radio show called Controversia. Am I saying it right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I'd love to hear about how doing that show and working with Brazilian artists has evolved how you feel about Brazilian art, because I think what's so fascinating about how we all are is sometimes you have to leave home to have a new appreciation for it. And I can only imagine that's happened to you as well, right? Oh my God, that is so true. That is very true because I, I grew up listening to a lot of international music I, I, alongside Brazilian music, but I guess I didn't give it too much of its flowers. I was always looking outside and having this like, oh, wow, look at all these amazing artists. And then I didn't really realize how much Brazil had to offer. And it's literally what you said is the moment that you leave that you notice, oh, we had all of these things. And why didn't I notice it before? But I, I love Brazil and I'm so proud of being Brazilian and working with Alaki was just so great because I love doing electronic music and I was doing a lot of dance releases and I just felt it deep inside like I need to work with him because he understands you know he's like a Brazilian and doing it worldwide you know I would love to work with him have the privilege to do that but also like when I was back in Brazil before I lived uh, moved to London I was trying to release songs and I did release a couple of songs in Brazil, but I wanted to do a different style of music. I wanted to create something that was newer than what was on the radio and what was popular at the moment. So 
I wanted to do more of that electronic side of music and I wanted to do more of a pop approach, but that was really hard to get through to people that I was working with. And so like I moved to London because people were a bit more open to that. But then Alaki broke through and now everyone's more like, oh yeah, of course we, we can try this style, you know? And I love that he was such a pioneer and he broke through, like he was obviously doing it before 2016, but he broke through with Hear Me Now and that just became, put Brazil into a spotlight of electronic music as well. So being able to collaborate with him was just kind of like this full circle moment to me. Yeah, you, you said something beautiful there where like prior to you working with him, you kind of felt like he would kind of understand, like you felt like there was going to be this thing that would click. Did you, ex do you feel like you experienced that working with him where it was like a thing of like the idea that you had manifested in like real life? Yeah, yeah, because, you know, he's Brazilian and, and releasing music worldwide. It's just, you know, it clicked because he, he was very lovely. And also he was so nice that he saw different sides of me. You know, not only we, he saw the side of me that was a singer and a songwriter. He also saw, saw the side of me that could be involved with Controversial, which is his label. And we do the radio show, like you mentioned, like, you know, we're able to co-host this this radio show every week and do it in Portuguese and English and showing releases that are going on through in the electronic world. So I am yeah, just very grateful that he saw this side as well. That's amazing, because like, I think you know, I, I, people get asked about collaborations often, but I guess it's rare where people are able to pinpoint that being the most significant thing where someone could see a different side of you. Because I think what's interesting about art is that it's so easy to be insular with it, even when you're putting it out in the world. And it's like, I think it's the interesting thing about um, like being independent versus having a label or a team and all that, where like, being independent could be great, but if nobody is there to give you input on stuff, it could almost feel like you're just on one track as opposed to like thinking of all different sides of it. It's very true. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know this is going to be a very big question, but in relation to what we just discussed, right? I would love to know what are some qualities you feel Brazilian artists have that allow them to stand out? Because I ask, because there's musicians from your country, like, like Anita, how we talked about. There's also Baco X the Blues, who I, I'm quite fond of. Um, Luisa Sonsa, who's like just fucking killing it. And I think what's really striking about them and other musicians I've gotten to see is that there's just so much diversity amongst Brazilian yeah. artists, right? I mean, it's a very diverse country. And I guess it's it's really hard to think about what sets Brazilians apart, really, or what makes them you know, stand up in this world that is has so many great artists, you know. Yeah, I guess I guess we're very open as well, which is something that's very important. I feel like, at least in my experience, I'm always very open to collaborate with other people and seeing like their input or like how can we make this something unique. And I feel like that openness and not being so much hard put in your own ways. I think that is something that a lot of Brazilians have, not just Brazilians, obviously, but a lot of us have it. And I guess you create more unique things when you're more open to what other people are saying and to experimenting, not only with other people, but experimenting and being free with your own songs. I think there's a lot of truth to that. And also, like, for me, from the outside, as someone who's, like, never lived there, but, like, consumes some of the music and the media, 
I feel like interestingly in the context of Brazil that it's almost like you're rewarded even though the music industry might have its like you know like conservative ideas of like you know what's gonna work what's not gonna work I feel like what I see in reaction to the people like the Brazilian fans is that as an artist it's almost like you're rewarded for not doing the same thing like for not trying to it's almost like you're rewarded for trying to be different like do you, do you feel like you found that or you feel like you've noticed that? Yeah, I feel like that is very true, Ken. I feel like that really makes sense. But also, nowadays, again, there's so many people that are trying to do the same thing that it's kind of refreshing when you're trying to do something different, right? Like, you know, when all the music starts sounding the same, you, you as a listener crave something different and you as an artist as well, you know, it's just why why do the same thing you know sometimes it can be fun you can do your own interpretation of it but when you're able to create something new that no one has heard then why not yeah exactly um we need to chat about atm with baby tate i mean we're talking the day the video came out but fuck just like what a track man what a track um thank you so much yeah of course i noticed on like the lyric video right you had a note about how this song is a tribute to the strong women in your life and in your family. And um, can you talk to me a bit about that dedication, the song, and also what it was like to work with Baby Tate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so ATM, basically, I wanted it to be a tribute to the strong women in my family. When I mentioned that I moved to Sao Paulo, like, I ended up moving in with my aunts, my grandmother, and my mom, and my cousin, and my sister. So we're a lot of women in this one um, apartment and it was the way that we all cared for each other and I really love that I really love this carefulness that exists especially in the Latino community we always look out for each other and um, being in an environment that this is so prominent made me want to dedicate the song and do the music video for them and you know when the label was mentioning about doing it with a feature with someone I was like, I really wanted to be a female artist. Plus, I would really love for it to be Baby Tate because, you know, I just, she's very fun. Like, she's got a very fun style and her, her lyrics and her bars are insane. So we managed to get that, which was insane. And she came through with the sickest verse and, like, she just added so much to the song. And I'm just so happy that the song is out and we can, you know, share this dedication to important women in our family and celebrated alongside men celebrating strong women everywhere <laughs> thank you so much for this this is beyond lovely i'm really glad we got to have this chat thank you ken thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me all right now for the last talk of the episode this one is with a band I've worked with over the years called Bulgarians, a psychedelic indie band from Goana, a rural area of Brazil that we chat more about within the interview. I got to know these guys while they were touring with Andrew Bird, and I still remember how incredibly gracious they were to me, even as a relative stranger at the time. Bulgarians are one of those bands that infuse their sense of brotherhood into their music. Throughout their songs, there's this playful push and pull that somehow feels boyish and mature at the same time. Across their decade-long career, they've released a slew of albums while also playing festivals like Primavera, Coachella, and Lollapalooza. This talk is particularly special for me because during those early lockdown days, I did find myself thinking of people that I cared about, like a lot of us. 
However, in that, my mind would often think about bands, how fraught the very existence of bands was pre-pandemic, and how going through the COVID pandemic would make that even harder. So in a weird way, this talk does touch upon the perseverance it takes to even keep a band going, and how inspiration can come during the most unexpected of times. I'm joined by Dino and Banky of the band, and yeah, you're listening to the Passport Season of the New Exchange Podcast. I remember watching you perform, and you had this feeling where you were clearly in sync with one another, and I could tell that along with playing the music, you were very much feeling it, and that progression of the music was being felt amongst each of you. And I've been dying to ask you this for a very long time, but like, how important is that for you? Like, can you describe what that feeling is like when the four of you are playing music together? That's friendship, my man. <laughs> Flowing through music. That's the that's the best to to be with the guys. I mean, back on those times we are really living together, seeing more our faces than than everything. Like we are every day together touring. Like not really seeing our families more. Our families was the band, and thinking about that feeling and now, and to think that's still the same and maybe it's even more deep. So I think this magic still happen on stage and when we play together. Yeah, it's very unique. I feel like like that spirit and that drive. Yeah, I, I like being more technical musically speaking. Uh, I I think like we. It's really strong the, the 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 sound from where we came, you know. Like we we played, even though like we had the Brazilian band singing in Portuguese for the Gringos, we were known as that in Brazil. Even like oh these guys they sing in Portuguese and they are abroad. We come from a, like a such a, a punkish scene in Goiânia. Even though if you like singing Portuguese to Brazilian people in our hometown. You weren't like really getting the lyrics as well. And like most of the bands that were playing there too, like the big bands from our hometown during the time we were like starting out, they sing in English. And it was like more of a, a vibe, you know, like of like bringing the crowds together with the magic of the riffs and the melody of the vocal, but not necessarily like the message of what you're singing or like being a singer songwriter. It was more about like being a band. It's good that we've been able to do this in a high level for the past 10 years and now after the pandemics and all that we're like getting to our 30s like me and Gino both who have babies like I have a newborn now like two months old and wow congratulations mate that's beautiful as Gino thanks man as Gino mentioned like during that time you watched us we were developing this organism that was like really that didn't matter you know, I want to I want to start asking you about uh, Brazil because you mentioned your home city. Am I saying it right, Goiânia or Goiânia? Goiânia, Goiânia. Yeah, I've never been, and uh, I would love to hear you describe what it's like there. Man, I like I'm not from there, but I say that I'm from there because I live it there most part of my life. But I can say to you that it's dry. It's hot and dry. That's, <laughs> that's how it feels like. Because this thing of being the center of Brazil have this, uh, like if you say desert or forest there, the bioma cerrado, which is a, made of very like short plants and everything is dry. You have, it's a beautiful place. And you have tons of waterfalls too. 
like Goiânia and Brasília, the capital of Brazil, they are like planted cities. So it's kind of the same movement they have in U.S., like the drive for the West. Like when you guys are going to the West, they kind of did the same here, going to the center of Brazil. And Goiás is kind of one of the cities that came out of it. So we have, it feels like Texas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to like, uh, you know, like illustrate it to people. Yeah, for to, yeah, to illustrate for American people, we, we always say that. Too. And I think kind of is that why we, we kind of feel so good when we went to Austin. Because it, it has a lot of like, it feels like Guayana a lot because of the music scene and all that thing. Like Bank mentioned it, that we, we came from a city that has this punk scene. Like Guayana is well known by the country music, like by the Brazilian country music. But because of that, you have also like a very strong indie and underground scene with festivals that have like 20 years. I would say that now we are in the kind of down time, like it's not the what was when we started the band. But like back in the 2000s, when we have this left wing government with Lula and all that thing, and you have tons of investment in culture. You have a movement that connected bands to play all over the Brazil. And like these cities like Goiânia, Cuiabá, and some small cities that weren't in the center of Brazil, they start to develop uh, their own scene and their bands and their music. So we are really like, I would say like a, a children of this, this movement, you know, like of this. But how special is it? Like, you know, something that I can't stop thinking about with how, hearing how you described all that is how amazing it is that when you started the band, there was this avenue of... Because like you were saying, like how your city was and how there was this thing with singer-songwriters and like the way you described it, like Austin. It's kind of rare for people to grow up in a place and see live music as a possible thing to do. So I feel like I imagine... Is that how it was for you? Like you guys, when you formed the band, you were like, oh, we can actually do this because we see it. I mean, we could do in this, this term of like performing in good stages and like playing the same festivals that like the underground artists that you love going to play as well. Maybe play some shows in Sao Paulo, maybe play some shows around. But like Bulgarians is pretty much like the first wave of like professional indie musicians in Goiânia, you know, like people who are like professional musicians in Goiânia, they probably have to play covers at the night and like and play bars and and do this kind of stuff that I guess but that was this kind of scene that we also were part in a way too. But the thing about like I think the comparison with Austin is like the music scene we were in was kind of the same, like as Austin is to the whole Texas, you know, because Goiânia is like a big, like conservative city, really young. So it's not like our culture there is like based on Brazilian roots. It's like completely the opposite. It's like Atlanta, as Gino said, like when São Paulo and Minas Gerais, like, I mean, the, the, the big entrepreneurs, they were like going to the center of the Brazil to find new lands and try to find gold or try. I, I'm not the history student here, Dino was, <laughs> but uh, 
what I mean that is really strong for me now that I live in Recife, which is one of the like the oldest cities in in Brazil, we were like able to meet previous bands that were already going to South by Southwest from Goiânia as well, you know, like bands that were already going to this Austin route that were like understanding how people were producing shows uh, and and I think that was kind of a big inspiration for me with Bulgarians and like and how I wanted to approach it because like Gino had a band that was playing already for like seven, eight years when I met him and they were playing like almost every weekend and playing like small shows and playing some of the indie festivals and all that and it was mostly a hobby you know like Gino had his job and, and everybody in the band had their jobs and but it was a band that really drew attention by the fact that in this scenario that I mentioned to you, that was a lot of punky bands singing in English, they were doing like a punkish concert, but singing all Portuguese songs and giving this vibe of the 60s rock and even to Brazilian sounds as well, like uh, the, the early and late 60s sounds that can go from Tropicalia to Jovem Guarda, that was like our. Beatlemania kind of thing. I think to play in São Paulo, Rio, and to have this connection with this other Brazil that wasn't good, it was really intense and important for us as a band. Because from the beginning of our career, we kind of spent more time outside Brazil than in Brazil, you know. There's like Salvador, as you mentioned. We played, we played in New York first, then Salvador. You know, <laughs> so that's because we when we start to play concerts like 2013, we started the band. We did like a short tour in Sao Paulo. We played the Recife and some cities around Goiás. And then in 2014, we went to this like 60 concerts in US and Europe. So we we kind of it, it took a, a little bit to us to really to Brazil properly. And this is a thing that happens to tons of bands down here. Like you succeed, but it's not always that you play. Like whenever, I think we played more cities in US than cities in Brazil. If, if you count, like, you know, how many cities we played in US, how many cities we play in Brazil, because it's hard to tour here. Like it's hard to, to go somewhere else, the capitals and even it's hard to go to some capitals, you know. Is it partially is it partially because of how big the country is that makes it difficult to travel? Exactly. And I think like you guys in US have all this driving culture and all that thing that, that when we went for the first time and we did the tour like driving, I don't know, like three, four hours and have cities to play in three, four, five hours. We can do this here. Like you have to drive more. And the the small cities like they don't they don't have places to play properly like you can tour that there's you can do that but it, i mean it will be not not healthy not good in money and maybe you just break up a band because you <laughs> you know and and i think a lot of bands feel that in us too i mean sometimes we talk with american bands about that and they say yeah that's the same here but I mean, that's the third word, <laughs> you know, like the, this thing of like, uh, 
global south vision that no no you guys don't understand how it is here it is it's really and that's the thing the the kind of music we do is really a uh i would say as a the bubble thing you know i mean it's popular like we are a well-known band but it's not something that is massive or popular that you can go city by city in the united states you have like a a whole network and a whole culture of bands that tour every time and they are working out and they they had the chance to to go out the bubble and reach out the mainstream. I don't know how how is the feeling right now for young bands because there's so many things going on, right? But but I feel that travel inside Brazil is really awesome, like all the the places we had chance to know and to be was really important for the conscience we had about our music, about who we are. But I think we still feel like countryside guys, you know, even now living in Sao Paulo, I think I still, uh, I rather prefer to be in Goiânia. That's so fun. That's so funny that you feel that way. So Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, like big city people is different from countryside people. And I'm not saying that one is better than another, but I would say that I feel more, more connected with a small city thinking in general. Yeah. You know, in relation, well, in the spirit of what you were talking about just there, about like, you know, you kind of alluded to the the, the element of like, you know, going through things together as a band. Exactly. Honestly, I have to say this. Like, I felt this way when I knew I'd be talking to you. Um, I find it very beautiful that your band has survived the pandemic because it's come up a couple times in the series a lot. To have a band before and after the pandemic is an achievement because that period of time made a lot of people quit. Understandably so. Like, made a lot of people think different things. And Tell me, what was it like for you guys going through it? Like, was it ever a question if things would change for you guys? Man, was was this moment where, I mean, me and Benki became, we had child, so. And I, I quit Goiânia. I'm living with uh, Rafael, or basically we live together here with our wives and my kid. So Inaya went to live in Rio de Janeiro with his girlfriend. By the time now is his wife too, and I think we we wasn't. I mean, besides all the shit that was going on, was good for us to finally have time to rest. You know, to be home, to have a home, because as Bank said, since the beginning of the band, we get into this. You know, like we had this chance, we had this label and the tours and all that thing. So we hold very tight to it and we just leave it that we focused on that and we focused on our friendship and it was awesome and this made our connection so strong that when pandemic came and we have to be a part of each other we just man okay but we we can keep doing things and it's okay that we focus on have a house now and be on home and have a routine now because we, we are like, I don't know, six or five years without doing that. And we lost kind of adult life touring. Like we, 
we became audits, but we became audits on the road. So we never be like on home with like with this age and with this mentality. So it was was good for that. And I think it made us really miss each other and it made us really miss the band. And it made us really think that the band and music is our lives, you know. We don't thought about quit in any moment. And we have these two albums that we released in pandemics that it's called Manchaka, which is a street in Austin. <laughs> that we is where we recorded the the other the last two records. Where this album is a collection of uh, bootleg and demos and things that we don't release it. So we kind of leave it everything we leave it before during pandemics giving interviews and talking about those albums and those recordings. So it was awesome as a reconnection was a way to reconnect to what we we had been doing in the years before pandemics. So it was tough, but it was a moment that we learned that we took something good from it, you know. I mean I think this we are good on it. I think as as good relationships need to be like we made a good moment every everything that comes out as you were bank mentioned it before about the the when we don't have equipment we made out an album that american label listened to it and decided to release when we are in the biggest american tour we have and we are everyone fucked up we did the best tour ever when pandemics came no problem have these tons of songs recorded here we're gonna release and tell the story of the band for you guys so so i think Good relationships are based on this, like, no matter what's going on, we're going to go through it. We are a good band, but we are good friends, too. So that's the main thing. Wow. That's beautiful that you could say that, that you can reflect on that and know that in regards to your band. And, you know, I was kind of curious to ask you about something, because, like, if I think right, you guys have played quite a fair amount of shows in Rio over the years, right? As, like, being a band? Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I need to ask this, and I think it's very important because in the context of Rio, right, I'd really love to explore it with you. It's a very important city in the context of Brazil and the world, and it's a weird thing where there, I feel like there are a lot of misconceptions. Like, one of my favorite movies of all time is City of God, and it's an amazing movie, but, like, it's easy for someone to watch that and take the wrong ideas or the wrong idea <laughs> Of a city like Rio, you're laughing because I'm sure you're familiar with people doing that, right? No, no, and even like people from outside Brazil and for us that are not from Rio or from the countryside, I would say that even our familiar people, like even people that we know, think that like even Brazilian people that are not from Rio, that are from small cities, they have the same wrong idea about Rio because of the movies, because of seed of god and stuff like that well i love that you said the word wrong that's what i wanted to explore with you like i'd love to take a second and talk about what do you feel that people don't understand about rio man i think that's the point about rio but i i'm not the the, the one that would be the best one but i will try inaya and drummer that's sadly he's not here in this conversation but he lives there and he's awesome to to talk about rio because his family is from there and he was born in Cuiabá, 
but then he grew up in Rio. Then he went back to Cuiabá, that is a city in the, also in the center of Brazil. But Rio de Janeiro is like, is this thing of like, I think you guys have, uh, I, I can try to find a parallel in the United States as I did with Guiana, but I, I can't. But it's, it's, it's a city with a fucking long heritage of tons of things, you know, but there's a lot of culture and, and, and good vibes on it too. So, and, and, it, and it, there's different parts of the city, you know, it's like you, 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 but I think it's, it's beautiful there, man. man. I mean, it's, it's heavy and dirty and, but there's something in the air that is crazy. I, I say that every time I go in Rio, it's like a, there is this vibe of you just want a beer and it's so hot and you get so sweaty and it's this thing that you feel that you're melting down. And as you are melting down, you're getting into the the vibe of the city. There's this band, um, this Ukrainian band based here in New York, Gogo Badello. I'm sure you've heard of them. The lead singer of that band, Eugene, he lived in uh, Rio for several years, like ages ago. And I remember reading about it. I think this was like 2010, 11, around then. And he said, out of all the places he's been to in his life, Rio is one of the few places on the earth that no matter what's going on, it forces you to be present. That's the Like shit. in terms of how the city is. And, and that, that's the thing. And, and this is what I say about your melting down with the city. Because that's the thing, you, you be a part of it and you have to be, you have to constantly fight to be present because otherwise you're going to be fucking dragged down by the whole, the strong spirit that the city is, you know, and everyone is so loud. <laughs> it's like, it's really, and even if you go to the rich neighborhoods that uh, Leblon, everything is like, it it has the real vibes. I mean, I never, I never been to uh, Rio's favela and and that stuff. Just uh, I just been a favela in São Paulo because I have a family that lives near to it. But it, it's a it's a magic city, man. Man, you you, I mean, and it's that's the thing. It's a city that's full of tourists. So I would I would say that people that are not from there and is afraid to be there don't be afraid because the city is ready to welcome you so i i feel like this is obvious but i'd love to hear it in your own words what do you think is the big difference in how musicians interact with audiences in brazil like i feel like artists in brazil understand that it's important for people in the audience to feel like the musicians are one of them to feel like there's like uh the connection like they could touch them and, like, I even think about really big artists like Baku, who we're talking about. There's another artist I heard of when I was there, Luisa Sonza, who's a big pop star. And, like, I feel like even artists like that still want to feel a connection amongst people. And I, do you feel like that's true? And, like, what do you think that is? Like, why is that so important? Yeah, I think this, this idea of being popular is really changed it really changed from country to country and i would say even from city to city even like i know we are living in this social media time where to be popular really means like means a lot of stuff right 
but the, this the thing with the music and the way music connects with people, I think like the the Brazilian way to see it really depends of the answer of the crowd of who you are trying to connect with. If you're going on stage, you have to be there and you have to kind of bring people, at least bring people close to what you are feeling, to what you are singing, to what you are playing. We kind of feel really obligated to to do what you mentioned in the answer that to make people feel what I feel. I mean, to play music live for us is pretty much this more than anything else. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. I'm like, uh, the idea with this uh, podcast, and it'll be with like some other Brazilian artists as well, is like, we're very much trying to paint a portrait of these places, like these different countries. And like, I feel very blessed that I got to talk to you guys about that today. Thank you. Nice, man. Thank you for the chance. Thank you for the reconnection. That's that really mean for us, like, to to see that road and life really comes back you know like that you're gonna meet people again not just one time that's that's really awesome